Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Time was when recipes would be passed down orally, or you'd have someone in the kitchen with you to advise when you need to swap out an ingredient or cook something in a different way. So, could artificial intelligence fulfil that role? Philip Mon is the author of Cooking Earth, has been experimenting with ChatGPT to find out. Afternoon, Philip. How are you doing, son? Uh, not too bad. So, like, does ChatGPT already know about recipes and cooking? Or is uh, it just it what you tell it? <laughs> no, it knows a lot already because the, uh, the um, uh, data sets that it's trained on... Are you still there? Yeah. Oh, just checking. Sorry, I'm getting another call. <laughs> it does sound like <laughs> I was snoring there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But the, uh, the data that the models are trained on comes from, you know, all across the internet, all across... Wikipedia, lots of kind of treasure troves of, of data. And I mean, one of the nice things about that is, as I don't know if you're a cook yourself, but you know, one thing that happens is often you'll go to the internet looking for a recipe and you have to kind of wade through all the adverts and all mm. of the kind of contextual info and whatever story that the particular recipe blogger wants to tell you before <laughs> you get to the meat. Whereas <laughs> AI has kind of got it all down for you. So it's a great uh, partner to have in the kitchen. Yeah, but is it, you know, like some people, you'll know this, you meet some people who are just good instinctive cooks. They just, mm. you know, and it's an extraordinary thing when you come across it. They just know what goes with what or what can be swapped out. Now, you can't expect a computer program to be like that. But does it, can it approach that? If you have just suddenly discovered you've run out of basil, can you ask, yeah. <laughs> ask and go, what can I replace it with? And, and it'll say, well, it depends what you're cooking. Oh, yeah, use that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a lovely way that you put it because that feeling of, how do these people just instinctively know? I mean, I don't think I'm one of those people myself. And I've always uh, had a suspicion that they've actually been trained, not unlike the AI, by their parents or by, you know, their carers or whoever was around them mm. when they were growing up. But I mean, the the funny thing is, I mean, GPT was running on, uh, you know, an earlier model, uh, model number three, when people started using it. And you had a lot of, you know, pieces in the media and, and food critics and so on saying, ah, this is trash. It doesn't actually do what we want it to do. But then they upgraded to this uh, new model, uh, the fourth model, um, which is the one you still have to pay for at the moment. But it's, it's actually worth it because the kind of reflexivity and the, the depth of information in there is just so much greater. And I mean, one of the main, you know, useful things to do it, uh, do with it is to simply, I don't know, you have a handful of ingredients left at the end of the week before the, before the big shop and you want to make something out of it. You, ha you don't have that intuition, but you can just say, right into the model or, or speak into the model and say, you know, I've got a couple of bananas, uh, <laughs> you know, some cherries and whatever else I've got in the pantry. And, you know, what can I make with that? Now, that's interesting because presumably mm. <clears throat> it, it's not trawling the Internet for um, a recipe with precisely those ingredients. It's mm -hmm. using some degree of creativity to, to kind of knock something up. That's exactly right. And I think the reason I wanted to write the piece is because I think we have this uh, instinctive um, idea that, you know, computation and, and, and getting AI involved means calculation in a very kind of mathematical uh, sort of formal way. But one of the amazing revelations of the past couple of years of, of AI research has been that actually they do creativity very well. And, you know, since, since the dawn of recipes themselves, you know, we've been trying to kind of uh, orient ourselves 
uh, in a kind of world of chaos uh, by by following these instructions. And, and that was also kind of one of the, the reasons I ended up writing about it was, you know, the uh, the instructions, they look like something that you would ordinarily feed into a computer, except we, we use them to feed ourselves. And yeah, I mean, it, it can it confuse things together. I've asked it to, uh, you know, combine different dishes that I already like to see what comes out. Um, you can, I mean, amazingly, you can even ask for a recipe in the style of a chef that you like, you know, huh. so if, <laughs> if I have my, you know, bizarre bananas and cherries dish, I can say, you know, uh, make it like something Yota Mangalengi would, would, Otolengi would make, or make it something Jamie would make, Jamie Oliver, if I wanted something that probably would take less time. So, you know, it's this kind of conversation with a very knowledgeable, um, uh, kind of, uh, co-pilot is, is the term that's often used for coding, but in this case, it would be a, a sous chef or something like that. Okay. So but if, if you ask, you know, uh, do me a Italian, Asian fusion meal uh, or something. Yes. It, of course, it can't taste. So how does it uh, know? Well, that is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it is only the sum of our own kind of written experience. Yeah. So what it's producing, what it's kind of predicting, and that's what this is, it's sort of statistical prediction, uh, is based on, you know, the, the wealth of stuff that's been published up to this point. And I mean, robots aren't even remotely close to being able to taste. That's a very, very difficult thing to uh, kind of artificially recreate. Um, so yeah, the feedback becomes important. And that's why I think of this, interestingly, as kind of a conversation with a cookbook. You know, you, if you have a cookbook on your shelf right now, it's a linear sort of series of instructions that you have to follow. And, you know, more often than not, even if though it's presented linearly, you have to do stuff at the same time. And what if there's a technique that's not, you know, explained there that you need to know? Well, it's much quicker to just have a conversation with GPT and say, okay, well, while I'm doing that, you know, tell me how to peel this vegetable in a particular way or, or, or how long I'm supposed to simmer the mm. sauce down for, that kind of stuff. Yeah, because I, I, well, I mean, there are, I think I forget the name of the job. There are actual people who go into, you know, whose profession it is to go into the kitchens of professional chefs who are writing books mm -hmm. to kind of write down what the, what the proportions are for the, you know, because what's, what's a pinch mean? I, I suppose mm -hmm. ChatGPT mm -hmm. can describe to you what that means. Well, that's one of the easier things I would say is, um, well, a pinch, yeah, maybe there's a subjectivity there. That's kind of interesting mm. uh, to think of the point where, you know, the human has to step in. But, but I mean, something like conversions, I still, I have no idea what cups are, you know, whenever you read <laughs> yes. an American, American uh, <laughs> recipe, it's like, you know, a cup and a half of onions. And I'm like, is it, uh, well, what do I literally, like, what kind of cup, coffee mug? What are we talking about? <laughs> Shot glass? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, that's the kind of stuff that is, is very, is very easy. But I think, I mean, my personal kind of uh, philosophy on food is that actually, you know, so much of the discussion around and climate and kind of, um, I don't know, food safety often thinks about sort of how things used to be done. But the world is changing. You know, we have a population that's that's only going to get larger. And so I think, uh, you know, new types of food are going to be an essential part of that. And mm. um, part of the way that we and, and personally, I'm I'm kind of more drawn to a, uh, a kind of abundance mindset where you sort of, you want to have new exciting foods that people are drawn to. We're, we're in a very conservative era. I don't think we really kind of are super into new foods at this point, but that's, that's not always been the case. I mean, the 1960s was a, 
was a great period for kind of food innovation and excitement around industrialization. But, you know, throughout food history going, you know, going back thousands of years, there's been periods of innovation when people move across the planet, you know, migration and, and kind of new technologies. And I don't see why AI shouldn't be, you know, part of that story. Yeah. And uh, have you found so far that it's are, are its areas of knowledge equal in the senses that know as much about um, Italian food, I keep using that as an example, as it might about Chinese food. You know, there isn't I, a, a cultural <laughs> bias there, perhaps. No, I'm sure there is a cultural bias there. Um, and, you know, this is something that will need to be worked upon. And, you know, you know, part part of the reality of the history of food is that many of the dishes and cuisines that have existed, much like many of the civilizations that have existed, we have no record of them. Mm. You know, they don't, they didn't survive into the present. I mean, things like uh, minority languages as well, you know, these are all the things that I really personally think it's important that we get that data into the models. And of course, you have all the controversies around privacy and, and where we're going with that stuff. But personally, I think it's important to get them in so that they are part of what's being produced because AI, AI is just going to be embedded in kind of every corner of life, it seems to me. And, uh, you know, you want you want as good a representation of, uh, I mean, you know, one of my favorite cuisines is Sichuan Chinese food. You know, I, I want that to be kind of as likely to occur when, mm. especially given that you can buy all those ingredients in the, either the, the Chinese supermarket or, you know, even in a lot of mainstream supermarkets at this point. Um, so yeah, I want, I want kind of, uh, a good representation of, of that stuff, but you are, you are quite right to, to signal that because I don't think it is quite as full as it ought to be right now. Philip, fascinating talking to you. One of our <laughs> listeners uh, would like to hear AI give recipes in the style of Keith Floyd. First drink two bottles of wine. Uh, <laughs> always a good start. Yeah. Philip Mahmon is the author of Cooking Earth, Artificial Artificiality, Alienation and Desire in the Past, Present and Future of Food. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm. With Anna Glaze. On News Talk.